This episode of The Minimalists is brought to you by nobody, because advertisements suck. This podcast has bad words. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. Josh and I, we'd love to give you something for free. That's right. We've got a brand new book coming out called Love People, Use Things. It comes out July 13th. But if you pre-order it before June 1st, you get the free companion workbook that goes alongside this. Head on over to lovepeopleusethings.net to find all the details. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less... My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are The Minimalists. You know, Ryan, many of us are tired of allowing other people to have dominion over our income and Mm. our creative outcomes. Mm. A lot of people ask us about working for self and how do you guys make money, right? Mm. And and so a lot of- How do we make money? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you'll explain that to me one day. We'll reveal all of our secrets (laughs) this week on the Patreon episode. I thought you were going to say something like, turn your dominion- into minions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, how do we make money? We took back control of our own lives a decade mm. ago. And um, today we're really going to talk about how we make a living on our own and how you can as well. Whether you're an aspiring creator, a small business owner, an artist, or an entrepreneur. And who better to talk about that with than the founder of Patreon himself? Jack Conti's here. Yeah. Jack. All right. Thanks so much for being here, man. Thanks for having me, guys. This is fun. I'm pumped for this. So we start the podcast with advertisements suck. That, that's been our ethos for over a decade now, mm-hmm. right? Why do they suck? What well, sucks about advertisements? Oh, man. Mm. We don't have enough time, but I'll try to... <laughs> I'll give you the... Yeah, I, We've written it pretty extensively about this. I, I will tell you this. Um, I think that they are the biggest problem in our culture today. They create division. They create the need for us to um well we're interrupted by four to ten thousand advertisements a day now you can argue as to whether or not all of those are actually advertisements some of them might be promotions but regardless all of our decisions are sort of dictated by someone else Mm. the expectations the needs the desires of the culture of society are being thrust upon us and and they're creating these sort of false desires everywhere the reason we're over consuming so much to a large large extent has to do with all of the things that are being thrust upon us, the products and services. And now all your favorite podcasts, they have you know 17 minutes of advertisements before you even start talking. We have none of that. And one of the reasons we don't have that is, well, we wouldn't have ads either way, but the reason we can pay Sean and Jordan and Jessica and the other people on our team is because of what we do with Patreon. So thank you. Heck yeah, that's really exciting. And yeah. that's like the purpose of the freaking company. So it is so cool to hear that. Awesome. Well, and we're going to talk about, you know, is Patreon right for everyone? And we'll get into that. Now, every week what we do is we do a minimal episode, a maximal episode. So this is the minimal episode right now. So every Tuesday we put out a minimal episode. It's usually half hour, 45 minutes. And we answer folks' questions. It's a listener-driven show. We'll get into some of those questions here in a moment. And then we do a maximal episode. That's every Thursday on Patreon. And that's the place where we're really able to let our hair down. We talk about some things we don't necessarily discuss in public. So it also provides us this sort of semi-public, semi-private forum in a way where we have these discussions 
that it's almost like first drafts or like when a stand-up comic g goes up uh, on stage and they're trying out new material. We do that in a way, and it's, it's just more raw. And it's, we have a smaller audience over there. It's six or 7,000 people over on Patreon. And then it's, you know, it's hundreds of thousands who listen to the, the actual main podcast. And so it's a small portion that listens to us on Patreon. Now, um, also my wife and I, we, we have a podcast called How to Love. And we started it initially as, as a Patreon-only uh, podcast. We have since uh, opened up a public feed as well. And I, I realized that there's a bit of a balance there. And I want to talk to you about that today. Before we get into the questions, though, why did you start Patreon? I'll give you the, the two-minute version rather than the 10-minute version. Fair but the, the two-minute version is, um, so I've been a creator for the last decade and a half. I guess as soon as I finished college, I, I've started my, my career as a creator. Um, started a band with my wife called Pomplamoose. We were early musicians on, on the YouTubes and did the, the whole music thing. Still doing it, actually. We still put out a new music video every week with Pomplamoose. One came oh, out wow. this morning. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm releasing 50 music videos a year through Pomplamoose and another 50 through my other band. But anyway, so started with wow. Pomplamoose, started cranking it, doing it, going on tour, you know, doing the whole thing. Um, and then I got really deep into a music video that I was making for my solo stuff on my solo channel. It involved... 3D printed hexapod robots, an animatronic head that was singing the lyrics to the song. I built a replica of the Millennium Falcon cockpit behind me, like balls to the wall, all out, you know, full blown creativity um, and lots and lots of work. I ended up spending three months of my life on this music video. Mm. Cost me 10 grand, maxed out two credit cards. Mm. Got to the end of this process, thought, I'm going to upload this video to YouTube. It's going to get about a million views because some of my videos are going to upload them. And I'm going to check my ad revenue the next day and I'm going to make 150 bucks for this video. Mm, sure. And like after three months of like pouring myself into this video and just, you know, I had a vision. I realized it. I executed. Like I felt like I did my job as an artist. You know, this is 2013, 20, yeah, end of 2012. Like I felt like I really did what 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 artists should be doing you know mm -hmm. like i made the i made my dream yeah and the thought of making that dream and then reaching a million people with it yeah. like not like oh i made my dream and i put it out there and nobody liked it like i made my dream and a million people Pretty loved awesome. it yes it was like that's awesome and then to get paid 150 bucks that was like this this equation mm -hmm. currently in the web this equation that artists are using where they put art in Yes. And then things happen between advertisers and consumers and platforms and blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. then it outputs $150 to me. That equi Can I swear? I don't know. Yeah, go for it. That equation fucking sucks. <laughs> it's broken. It doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It's inefficient. It's a poor machine to drive the, the global productivity and creativity that we're starting to see now with this emerging creative class on the web. Totally. That whole equation needed to be fixed and so the idea behind patreon was like you know who likes my stuff more than advertisers mm -hmm. who like think of me as a quote-unquote influencer right mm -hmm. that's what i am to an advertiser i am influence yeah. i'm a i'm a commodity yes mm -hmm. like they've extracted everything away from me that makes me me and they've just left influence and that's their word for me mm -hmm. it was like we've taken away everything about your personality and we just want to purchase your influence and we can get it from you or we can get it from that person or we can get it from that person and it's steel to us it's yeah. corn it's yeah. a commodity right? right so 
So, you know, essentially what, what, uh, what Patreon does is, no, you know who likes my stuff more than advertisers? My fans. Yeah. Like the people who actually get day-to-day value from my stuff, they care about me more. Mm-hmm. They care about me with their brains, with their hearts, with their wallets. And, um, and that's a much better system. Like consumer payments um, is a much better system, much more efficient. It ends up sending way more value to creators. Yeah. Right. And to your point, there's a really interesting benefit on the, on the fan side, which is like you get to be a part of this behind the scenes thing where creators are sharing a little bit more than they might normally share. Mm-hmm. They're seeing you know, glimpses of like what it's like to be that creator. They're they're um, getting exposed to drafts <laughs> and like yeah. er, early ideas, um, so that's kind of that's kind of the why behind Patreon. I was like, this system sucks. We got to fix it, <laughs> and uh, and then I yeah I called up my freshman year roommate who was like an engineer and he built the whole thing by himself in two and a half months. Wow! And uh, and we launched a couple months later, and within like two weeks, I was making six figures as an artist. Like wow. two weeks, I was the first creator on Patreon, <laughs> and it was like it was like that. Suddenly, yeah. like it was fixed. I didn't change my music. I didn't change my lyrics. Yeah. I didn't. Ch- I didn't wear different clothes. I didn't sell out to advertisers. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't. Ha- all I did was put up a Patreon page, right. and suddenly I was like killing it as oh, an wow. artist. And we're we, on the Maximal episode this week, I want to get into some details yeah. about who Patreon is appropriate for because it may not be appropriate for everyone. And, and I, th- I think that should be clear. But also, a lot of folks have questions about making that leap because there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of th- people are intimidated. And so you, you've actually highlighted a few of the flaws here. Like one is the fact that you have to be reliant on advertisers in the first place. Mm-hmm. So not only do you, are you relying on them, but then your art is sullied by, well, a Tide ad. Is the, so our YouTube video, you're, if you're watching this on YouTube, there's no ads on our YouTube either. Like, it's just, I'm not judging someone else who decides to go that route, but what I've decided, Ryan has decided, that's not appropriate for us. We don't want to be beholden to anyone. But even then, if you get a million views and you're telling me you make 150 bucks off of that. It's crazy. And people are watching ads throughout your throughout your art yeah you imagine it's, it's like a lose 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 situation except for the advertisers they win they're the ones who wins yeah but what i love about patreon is like you've given a place for fans to contribute to their favorite artists where before you know people would come to us and they're like we love your work um you know i bought some books i'm not going to read them i'm just going to give them away i just wanted to find a way to support you and so we started like i don't know like a paypal you know donation button or something um, which which was okay, but the Patreon uh, platform is just, it's a beautiful way for fans to really support their favorite artists. Because when you add value to someone's life, like people want to find a way for you to keep adding value. It's so true. I, I, I have, I don't know, at this point, maybe 130, 140 subscriptions on YouTube. I don't like keep up with everybody 100%, but like over the years, I've formed a lot of fan relationships yeah. with people on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And like... I don't like these people. I love them in a weird way, right? Mm-hmm. Like I I trust these people. Mm-hmm. I want them to be successful. Right. I care about them. Yes. I think about them. Mm-hmm. I, I it's a strange it's a strange thing, right? Yeah. It's like we live in such a strange age and you know, I have no delusions. Like I know I'm not friends with these people. <laughs> I know they're not my friends. Right. I know that they're talking to Matt, right? It's, there's no delusions there. But it's a form of intimacy. Yes. Yes. And that's real. And its impact on my life 
is real. Yeah. Right? Like these people help me make better decisions. Yeah. They help me evaluate my life and my options. They they help me think about my relationships. Like these are important influential people in my life. Yeah. And I want them to be very successful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. you know, it's like if you ask me like and then there's people whose art I just love. Like if you ask me, Jack, what would you pay for another Skrillex record? I, it's like, what's the upper threshold? I don't know that there is one. I haven't done that thought exercise, right. but it's probably very high. But yeah, yeah. You're, <laughs> you're willing to support Skrillex because you want another album. Yeah. yeah. You like that Wu-Tang album where there was just one copy? Oh, but that <laughs> jerk yes. bought it. Oh, uh, yeah, right? The pharmaceutical guy. Yeah, that that's right. feels really weird, right? Because, yeah, yeah that's bizarre. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. so we don't want that. And what I've, what I've realized here is it's not a donation either. Patreon is yeah, a, it's a we, we provide point. a service to our patrons. And they, they actually get far more behind that, you know, uh, we can call it a paywall. That almost sounds pejorative at this point. But, like, uh, by signing up for a service like that. Or, guess what? If you can't afford it, if you decide you don't want to go that route, that's fine. We, we add a lot of value for free, still ad free. And the people who do support the work, they're actually supplementing in a way for people who, so they don't have to hear ads either. Yeah. It's almost like you provided a space for like super fans almost. Cause it's like, I, I know our true fans, maybe that's the way to, yeah. to word it. But I love how we have this platform, you know, about 6,000 true fans. And it's interesting when we are looking for some feedback from our audience, from our fans. Like that's the first place we go because we know like they're going to give us the most honest feedback. In fact, you know, some of the comments we get, it'll be, you know, some feedback, Hey, you know, notice this or notice that. And it's like the one place we can go and we're like, Oh, like they're not, this isn't out of malice. Like this is out of like, they really care about us and they're trying to provide us something where I don't even look at the YouTube comments. (laughs) Jessica Jessica looks at the YouTube comments. There's like so many things that you just said there that are, I think are like part of what we're trying to accomplish with Patreon. Like the kind of troll free space that is the, the kind of living room version of, Mm. of um, social interaction versus in our community. Yes. And, and like the, the patron, what we've seen in a patron base and a member base, like the, 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 call it a paywall, call it something else. That gate to take out your wallet and put in a dollar to be a part of the community, mm-hmm. the people who are just stumbling by the internet and yelling at other people for being themselves, those people aren't going to take out a dollar no. and and join the community they to leave a negative comment. They have nothing invested. Zero. Yeah. So like, and, and, that, and that goes to this phenomenon that basically, you know, humans will kind of pay attention to anything. They'll just like, they'll pay attention to crap. That's why the internet is full of clickbait and garbage because, yeah. because it's, it's an attention-based medium, mm. right? And, and, mm. and essentially tech companies have figured out a way to equate attention with revenue, right? right? So attention is a proxy with revenue. This is classic attention economy stuff that people have been talking about for years, nothing new there. Yeah. But in that world, you basically create an environment where passersby can be just as powerful have just as big of a voice mm-hmm. like what what kind of system is that for the arts that doesn't make any sense totally agree um like yeah. it's much better to have a a closed community of supportive people who want to be a part of the process and who have deep invested relationships with the people that they're interacting with yeah. that's like what a tribe should be that's like a more it's a more human form of social interaction yeah indeed 100%. well ours is a listener driven show ryan let's get into some of these questions here it. we have one from crystal on facebook 
Crystal asks, how do I best prepare myself to make the jump from working full-time for others to working full-time as a small business owner with as much tranquility as possible? And she gives a couple examples of uh, emergency fund, mentor support, clear objectives, milestones, exit strategy. You know, Jack, it's, it's interesting because I think we, we quite often wait to make some sort of leap until everything is perfect, and then we never leap as a result. I'm sure you've seen that. Oh, God. I, yeah. Um, like my, you know, what I would tell lots of YouTubers and advice that I, that I try to live myself, you know, is like, if you want to be a YouTuber, be a YouTuber right now. Take yeah. out your phone, make a video, uh-huh. put it on YouTube and learn something from it. Yes. And then adjust afterwards and see what works. In this case, it sounds to me like Kristen, Kristen, Crystal, Crystal. 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 Yeah. Crystal, like, is already thinking very clearly and strategically about this even from the way the the question is framed yeah. it like exit strategy and cush like mm-hmm. crystal you're you got it like mm-hmm. you, you're thinking enough yes. um, and uh and and yeah i mean I, at least for me the way i did that you know before i was a a kind of professional artist i suppose i was doing corporate background music for uh you know, I was like for hire as a mm. freelancer, making music to pay the bills, making music to pay the bills, mm-hmm. but not my, I was, they weren't my songs. Right? No. I wasn't writing. I was like, Oh, okay. You need something that sounds like Linus and Lucy. Great. Here you go. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and the way, the way I did, the way I thought about it is let me take a gig where I can get paid, but I can build my skill set and my expertise on the thing that I want to do for myself. Mm. Oh, and that yeah. way I'm spending hours and hours and hours honing my craft practicing in a way but yeah. and exactly practicing for this path mm. paid to practice yeah exactly you're getting paid to practice yeah and then and then i basically started selling mp3s online started making a few hundred you know bucks a month and then at some point it was enough and i could make the transition but it was only because i had spent years honing my craft and getting paid to practice so before you started patreon you didn't make sure that you had a really good mentor support you had an emergency fund you had clear objectives milestones and an exit strategy you're telling me you didn't do all those things before <laughs> jumping into it the lack of thought <laughs> i'm serious here uh, sometimes i get questions because you know whatever tech people are supposed to be geniuses and strategic that's not me i'm not one of those people now i've learned a lot over the last eight years but when we started patreon are you kidding me goals yeah. strategy business plan right Zero. You went no, for it. But you had a great idea and you had a passion for it. And I, I tell you what, when Ryan and I first started The Minimalist, we were both in the corporate world. We had simplified mm-hmm. our lives and Ryan came to me and he's like, hey, I think some people would find value in what we're doing. And I think ultimately if a business will make money as long as you're adding value. Quite mm-hmm. often we try to make money as the objective. That wasn't what we went into it as. Yeah. In fact, I anticipated that by now I would be a full-time novelist. It just it went the other way, and we've been writing nonfiction for a decade, <laughs> and and that's been great. Like it was, it's been a pivot for us in yeah. a way. But we realized, like, oh, well, people are willing to support you, whether it's Patreon or books, or we do tours, etc. Yeah. They're willing to support you if and only if they find value. If you do something that's clickbaity, that's why like, our podcast titles, they're one, two, or three words always. There's never some sort of elaborate scheme to get you to click on our video and maximize the, you know, optimize the eyeballs that, that are aggregated onto our services. It, it, what we're trying to do is add value. Yeah. And when people find value in it, they tend to support you in some way. So Josh, you said something that uh, you, you brushed over a little bit, but I think is really important about how we simplified our lives. So, mm. you know, when we left the corporate world, Josh laid, laid himself off. 
which is a great story if you haven't heard it. I, we've written about it. We'll have to send it to you. Um, and then I got I got laid off. But what we had done is we had simplified our lives so much that when we left these very high paying jobs, we were able to survive. So I guess I'm assuming, I know you had, you said you had maxed out two credit cards. So it's not like you didn't have um, no debt, but I'm assuming it was kind of the same for you where maybe your life was simple enough to where you didn't have to, I don't know, keep doing this, these corporate gigs and not able to take the risks. That's where a lot of people are. They're, they're so tied down by debt and all these anchors that they're scared to take these risks because their lives aren't so simple. Yeah. The, the truth for me is I was, you know, I, I've learned a lot <laughs> in the last six years, uh, eight years at mm-hmm. Patreon. Before then, I never was in the corporate world. Mm. I, I like Patreon literally is my first job that mm. I've ever had. It's the first mm. company I've ever worked at. <laughs> That's um, yeah. So, you know, I there was a there's a lot that I just I, I wish I had done what you're saying. Mm. I wish I had simplified. Mm. I wish I had streamlined. I wish I had tight control of my finances. Mm. Those are all things that I kind of have figured out over the last few years. Yeah. Um, but in my 20s, when I was a, a you know young emerging artist trying to like fix things and, and figure things out, yeah. I, I really didn't have a good understanding of a lot of that stuff. Mm. Um, Did you own a house? I owned a house. Okay. I owned a house and, and I built a recording studio. Okay. Um, and and we I mean we bought the house and and the land and everything off of our MP3 sales from iTunes yeah. sales from wow. the, from oh, Pompamus wow. yeah incredible yeah I mean we were we we're like making it you know we're making yeah. it work we're like very early internet you know 2008 kind of going I, viral kind I of thing. love this because you didn't have this sim- simplified life I was assuming you were like just out of college so you didn't have like a ton on your plate but it sounds like you did have a decent amount on your plate but you still were able to go for it. It yeah. wasn't like you're like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to make sure that my house is paid off first before I really go for this entrepreneurial thing. I'm going to make no. sure I, my credit cards are paid off before I do anything. It's You still had a lot on your plate and went for it. That's super encouraging because, again, there's a lot of people out there. They use these things, you know, like debt as an excuse to not try something different because trying something different, they think, oh, well, I won't be able to afford all these anchors that I have. Yeah, I actually made the decision i wrote a blog post about it at the time i made the decision to not be prudent as strange mm. as that sounds mm. i literally yeah it was so so i'm i am um you know I, i'm i overthink things I, I i really lay it out i'm i'm a planner i like to plan i like to be i like to like really lay it out i i, th- I thought to myself I'm just going to go into artist mode for this video. Mm. I'm not going to lay it out. I'm not going to build a budget. I'm just going to have a dream and I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this video mm. real. Mm. And I and I had this sense that if I if I started editing myself too much and started worrying too much about the financial end of it mm-hmm. that it would compromise the work itself. Without a doubt. Yeah, And so I decided to see what would happen. It was like, well, let's try this path forward. Yeah. What happens if I, and I called it, I think in the blog post, I called it burying my prudence in the backyard and I'll go dig it up in a few months. Like, I'm not that. saying goodbye forever. Right. I'm just like, I'll just going to bury it for a while and I'm just going to be crazy no, for right. three months. Mm. And it was a conscious decision to kind of let all of those things go and to just 
be crazy. And I, I did. I dug myself into a hole, right? I like I got into a little bit of a hole, yeah. but um, I got out of it. Yeah. And everything was fine. Yeah. You absolutely. Know? Yeah. Hey, Ryan, we've got a question from Meredith and Alston. I think I'm going to save this for the maximal episode okay. because it's a I think a, a robust answer will be useful on this. It's about insurance and walking away from the corporate world and and, and not having insurance Ooh. and how that's terrifying and i, I don't want to skip that so podcast sean Can't make sure talk we that. talk about that on the maximal uh crystal i'm going to send you a copy of our new book it's called love people use things it comes out on july 13th uh, i think you'll find some value in the relationship with creativity chapter it's a relationship book it's about the seven essential relationships in our lives one of those relationships is our relationship with creativity mm. and, and quite often we, all, we think about relationships about our relationship with, with people and that's one of the relationships relationship with people but it often starts with the relationship with stuff all we have all these relationships that kind of get in the way of our relationship with people mm. and also our relationship with creativity we're so distracted now uh, more than ever before that it's really difficult to be creative in fact many of the things we do when we get online, they ape the form of productivity or creativity, mm. but they're actually stifling our creativity in many ways. We can, we can browse Twitter all day and get a little dop dopamine rush, and it almost fills that creative void for the moment, but it ruins the thing that we're trying to create. And so we're going to uh, send you a copy of Love People Use Things. If you like the podcast, you'll like the audiobook version of that. We're actually in the middle of recording it right now. Or if you want the book book or the ebook version, we'll send those to you as well. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It is time for our lightning round where we answer your text messages. You can text your questions and comments to 937-202-4654. Yes, indeed. Now, Jack, this is where Ryan and I and our guest, we do our best to answer questions with a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. Love it. But not really. We <laughs> maunder on a bit, and we, we find something that's tweetable. Podcast Sean puts it in the show notes so people can copy and share our pithy answers on social media. Oh, by the way, you can find all of our Minimal Maxims in one place now, minimalmaxims.com. Ryan, right. who has a question for us? A question from Adela. When do you know it's time to turn your side hustle into your full-time business? I'm sure there are a lot of people out there afraid to take the leap, and they stay in their full-time jobs instead. Well, as I mentioned earlier, mm. you know, Ryan and I, we were still in the corporate world and we started The Minimalists and there was no revenue at all. In fact, we didn't ever intend to make any revenue from it. That's <laughs> it the, I was not the... It wasn't until like I got laid off, you laid yourself off and uh -huh. we were like, oh man, <laughs> we, maybe we should look at writing a book or something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many people at that point, because we had added so much value and it was close to a year into it, we're like hey, you're the minimalist. Maybe you should write a book mm -hmm. about minimalism. We're like, that's a great idea. Hey, well, so we wrote our first book. It's called Minimalism. <laughs> and um, yeah, and that was over a decade ago. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it wasn't about like just simply taking the leap right away. As Jack alluded to earlier, you can start sort of practicing mm -hmm. and getting the skills that you need now. Now, I had written for a decade previous to laying myself off. So I had that skill uh, that I developed over time, but I never made a penny from it. In fact, the only people who read my stuff were agents who told me no repeatedly. And, but once I got rid of the gatekeepers, no longer was I be beholden to a yes from someone else. And Patreon has done the same thing in many ways. It's who's saying yes now. It's the people who support the work in many ways. That's mm. it. And yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, again, I think like, you know, part of, especially if that's the kind of career that you want to make for yourself, if you want to make a career where you're actually online and building a following and managing community and saying something to the world and you're sort of a paid 
communicator, thinker, writer, author, video creator, whatever it is. Mm. Um, the first step I think is building that audience. It doesn't yeah. mean wait to build your audience. Yeah. Build the audience like right now, start that like right now. Um, but just know that there's a difference between audience building and making money. Like those things don't happen at the same time. Building an audience takes a little time. And so it's good to start that. I found yeah. right away, start the audience building. If you have something to say, if you want to be heard, say it, you know, start saying it. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, we, we often say this good money, good businesses make money. Great businesses make a difference. Mm. And I think that in fact, when Ryan and I, similar to you, there, I see a lot of parallels. We didn't have a business plan when we started this. Right. We, we didn't have, what did, I, we still don't have a five-year plan. Or a, <laughs> It's just like we work on one major project at a time, whether it's one of our Netflix films or it is a book or it is uh, a tour, whatever it might be. We work on one major project at a time, usually one project a year even. And then everything else we do sort of supplements that. The podcast, the blog, the email newsletter, social media. Those aren't the primary drivers. It's whatever the main creative project is, then everything else is sort of supplemental to that. But it always comes back to those two words for us, add value, because you're right. Because you've built an audience, anyone can build an audience if you do something crazy enough, just like a car crash. If you go crash a car into 17 other cars, a bunch of people are going to rubberneck and they're going to look and say, oh yeah, but they're not going to stick around once the car crash mm. is sort of cleaned up. And so anyone can attract attention. All you have to do is something, is something gratuitous, but that doesn't build trust. It, what does build trust is the continuous slow drip of adding value to a few people. Ryan tells a story in our, our latest film about when uh, we first started TheMinimalists.com. It was December 2010, and 52 people visited our website in the first month. And that sounds really unimpressive. I get it. But for me, I, I had been writing for a decade and 52 people hadn't read what I, and so it was like 52 people saying yes, all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And 52 turns into 500, 5,000, 5 million over time because, and only because people start sharing it with their friends, family, sisters, brothers, mothers, daughters. And, and over time, as the audience builds and they're getting value from it, then they're eager to, eager to support what you're doing. The opposite could have happened. Ryan and I could have said, all right, we're going to start The Minimalists and we're going to go on tour and we're going to make a movie and we're going to... And I think oh, it... it none of it would have gotten done. It would have been so overwhelming, like, right? Gosh, it's 2015. It's five years later. We, we should have had a movie and a podcast by now. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. right. And, and so like, what we did is it was like, well, what is the step in front of us exactly. right now. Exactly. Mm. I, so I just made a film about this duo called Rhett and Link. They've been on YouTube oh, yeah, for, you know Rhett and Link? Yeah. Okay, I mean, they have this amazing show called Good Mythical Morning. Mm -hmm. They, you know, new episode every day, plus just so much content. They, they're incredible creators. Um, but they said exactly the same thing. When they started Rhett and Link, two guys in a bedroom making stuff together. Um, now, it's a hundred person company in oh Burbank gosh. with office space and green screens and sound stages and full staff and production facilities oh, and wow. like the whole thing. And when I was asking them, you know, what I was trying to get, I was like, how did you guys do this? You know, that's <laughs> like, that was, that was the sort of purpose of the doc was just learning about them. And, and I was like, did you want to run a company? And he, he said exactly what you just said. He's like, no, we just, 
we just took the next step forward at every every day. We mm. took one more step forward, and then you need somebody to help you do this, and then they're helping you for six months, and then they need somebody to help them. So you bring in another person on, and then the team starts growing, and then the example he gave is, and then your parking lot is full. Mm. And somebody's got to worry about that because I can't be worrying about the parking lot. Right. And that's how they built Mythical Entertainment. Yeah. It's wow. just such a cool story. One step at a time, whatever the yeah. next thing is, just do that. We, we've worked really hard to grow intentionally as opposed to, because in our culture, there's this demand for never ending nonstop growth. In fact, you know, publicly traded companies have a fiduciary responsibility to grow on behalf of their shareholders, right? But for us, that, that yeah, that's almost like a, that's, a tumor is that kind of growth, right? It just keeps growing no matter what. And we wanted to avoid that sort of growth, but we did want to grow in sort of an intentional way. But also we've done a few things like on Patreon, we have two of our tiers that are capped. So we have this VIP tier, it's 250 people. And people constantly ask us, how do I get in? And it's like, well, that's it, it's only 250. So the only way you can get in there is when someone leaves the tier, which very rarely happens. We have the thousand true fan tier, which is a tier on there and it's also capped. And so what we realized like, yeah, more people can sign up for these things, but we don't, we've, I, we've identified what enough is. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that we never stopped to think about early on is like, well, what is enough? Because if we don't know what enough is, then we're gonna constantly be discontented by the fact that we haven't grown like someone else. And so if Ryan and I started looking, you know what, Rhett and Link started around the same time as us and we don't have a hundred employees. That's how I feel when I look at Matt DiAvella's YouTube channel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Matt directed both of our films. You know Matt, you've been on his yes. on his show. Yes, and, and super talented. Yeah. And um, he, you know, when he took off on YouTube and if all of a sudden it was like, well, we need to grow our- no, I'm no, not no. happy unless we have Matt DiAvella numbers. Right. Yeah, I mean- and and then Matt's not happy until he has, you know, Kim Kardashian numbers right, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And that is a fruitless pursuit mm -hmm. because uh, the, the pursuit of happiness is actually what's making us discontent in many ways. I do have a, um, a pithy answer I want to share. Oh, yeah. This is the lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you guys meant by sound bites? Right. Yes, yeah, yeah, there that we that, go. Uh, ten minute dialogue. You know, <laughs> podcast Sean makes it really pretty in post. <laughs> okay. I don't think he edits any of this, right? I know. <laughs> All right. So here's, the, here, here's my pithy answer. Change occurs when the status quo becomes unbearable. Yeah. And I think that that's where mm. Ryan and I were. People said, well, weren't you scared to leave your corporate job? Yeah, I was, but you know what was scarier? Staying. Yeah. Staying because I realized I was the guys who I aspired to be like, and I was getting closer and closer. I'd worked my way up to middle management. By age 27, I managed 150 retail stores, which sounds crazy because it was. But as I got closer to these guys, I want to be the senior VP of blah, blah, blah. But then I met the senior VP of blah, 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 and he was miserable on his second heart attack and third marriage. Mm. And I'm like, well, wait, if I work really hard for the next 15 years, that will be me. It's not that he's a bad person. He followed a recipe. And if I follow the same recipe, I'm going to bake the same cake. Yeah. Uh, my pithy answer is this. Uh, playing it safe will keep you alive. Embracing change will help you thrive. So, you know, Adela is playing it safe right now. And there's a Seth Godin essay. I was trying to find it, but I always do this where like I'll read something profound of his. It gives me some really good insight and then I can never find the, the essay that he wrote. Just file it away in the steel trap. Right, exactly. So, but he talked about, and I'm going to do a bad, phrase of par uh, bad job of paraphrasing this, but he talked about how when you take a leap, you want to minimize as much risk as possible. And when I was reading this, uh, you know, very short blog post that he had, I was thinking about like jumping out of an airplane. Let's say that I'm like, you know what? I really want to jump out of an airplane. I'm not going to do that with 
nothing, right? I'm going to think about, okay, what's the best way to jump out of an airplane? Okay. A real minimalist would do it with nothing. Right, exactly. So <laughs> I, uh, I jumped out of an airplane with nothing and survived because minimalism. <laughs> Tune into our Patreon to find out how. <laughs> so if you jump out of an airplane, what do you need? You need, uh, you need the skill set. You need uh, a parachute. Um, you know, your first time jumping out, you need an instructor. You might have to go tandem. They need an emergency parachute. So there are, there are ways to minimize the risks of jumping out of an airplane. And then once you jump, there's no guarantee that just because you minimize as many risks as possible that that is going to end okay. Probably is going to end a lot better than if you uh, didn't plan as well, if, you, if I jumped with nothing. Right. So, I mean, that's what I think about. When he when I was reading that essay, it's and it's and it's not about having like a a pair like a golden parachute when you leave your corporate job. It's just more about you have to take a leap eventually. And yes, you wanna you wanna look at some risks and like cover the big risks, but you're never gonna minimize every single risk. And at a certain point, you're gonna have to jump. But but yeah, do so uh, do so with putting a little thought in mind. But, you know, uh, it doesn't you can't cover everything. I do want to talk to you about debts when we get on the, the Maxwell episode, because I know a lot of people have questions about what's the appropriate amount of debt to have when we move forward. I'll just give you the pithy answer on that now is having none is the most appropriate because mm-hmm. that's then you're not tethered to to anything. Sure. Right. And so it's always better to have no debt than it is to have debt. If you're if you're considering making a, a, li- a life altering change. Now, we've got a bunch more to talk about. I have two things for our added value segment today. Sweet. But first, let's check out some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners. Hi, my name is Hama and I'm from L.A. And I wanted to leave a comment for listeners based on your addiction episode. Um, My husband and I have been dealing with addiction issues in our families and relationship for many years, and we've finally found an approach that has aligned well with minimalism and all the things we've learned from Josh and Ryan. Uh, So there's a recovery program called Smart Recovery for addicts and loved ones, as well as a book for loved ones called Beyond Addiction, How Science and Kindness Can Help People Change. Um, Both encourage a real methodology steeped in science that allowed us to simplify these really intimidating issues. Um, We wanted to share what we found in hopes that it will help other minimalists simplify the complexity of addiction issues in their lives. Hi, my name is Amanda from Rumblestoke, BC, Canada, and these tips are for Jeremy from episode 147 regarding his questions concerning saving for his child's future educational costs with an ex-partner. As a divorce mom myself with an ex-partner who didn't initially see the value in saving for our son's future education, I would recommend the following. Number one, if possible, try to have something added to your separation agreement which states exactly how much each parent is to contribute annually to an education savings fund for your child. Number two, get creative. Start chatting with your child now about different ways to save money and work while in university to make up for any shortfalls. For example, things like becoming a paid teacher's assistant, resident advisor, campus bookstore rep, etc. You can also start talking to them about finding jobs that will pay for their living expenses, plus a little bit extra, during their university breaks. Things like summer camps, resorts, and cruise ships are all great options. In this way, students can work during all of their breaks, not live at home during their breaks, see the world, and get paid to do it. In fact, I personally was able to work seasonally during my entire six years of university, where I earned four degrees, and pay off $35,000 in student loan debt in just one year of working full-time on cruise ships after I finished my last degree. 
A great place to start your research is YouTube. For example, you can just YouTube or Google how to work on a cruise ship seasonally and you'll come across just a ton of info. I want everyone to know there are ways to finish university almost completely debt-free or debt-free totally, get paid to travel and see the world, and build your resume at the same time. I hope this info helps, and thanks guys for everything you do. All right, y'all, we got a bunch more questions this Thursday on Patreon. That's the maximal episode on the Minimalist Private Podcast. But first, real quick, for right here, right now, here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalist. Now, Jack, this is our segment right here, right now. We just talk about something that's been going on with us. It's often an opportunity for us to promote something that we've been doing. Uh, I just started this little solo podcast, but I did it only on Patreon, and it's called... It's, and it's only on the minimalist Patreon. So you, you get it. There's no charge for it if you are a patron already. It's just part of our, our Patreon um, subscription. But it's called Minimalism Today. And I called up some people and just had conversations and said, what are you struggling with? And it was neat because that, that platform, I didn't have to make this whole big public thing. But it was almost like trying it out. My, my guess is that, that Minimalism Today will actually turn into something bigger in the future because I really enjoyed it and I learned a lot from it. But... It was a platform for me to try that out where I didn't have, you know, I was able to sort of walk the tightrope, but I was holding on to the edges at first. And it worked out really well, and I couldn't have done that without Patreon. So thank you for that. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so you all can check that out. Uh, Minimalism.today, there's a free episode up on our Patreon page right now. You can listen to that right now. For our added value segment this week, I've got two added values. There's an Instagram account I follow, Ryan. It's called Visualize Value. It's a different Jack. I think his name is Jack Butcher mm. over on Instagram. We'll put a link to this in the show notes. Anyway, he sort of captures simplicity in these aggressively simple drawings. Mm. They're like infographics, but it's, it's like if you took our entire podcast and just made it into one Instagram post in a way. Like mm. it conveys simplicity so well. I'll so if, you, if you're if you looking for something to follow on Instagram that will actually add value to your life and it's not just something that you have to feel obligated to double click, then that might be the account for you to follow. But then also I wanted to end the episode today with the Pomplamoose song. So um, we, we tend to play songs quite often at the end of our, our podcast. And you had an album come out last year called Worst of 2020. <laughs> Uh, was that all covers? Uh, no, there are a couple originals on okay. there too. Yeah, we do. We do generally about probably thirty percent originals and maybe seventy percent covers these okay. days. Well, there's a cover that you did a cover of Dreams, which was was thrust into the zeitgeist once again last year because of uh, I think the guy's name was Nathan out in um, out in Idaho. He was skateboarding and he played that. The dream song, That's right? That's right. It got big on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it got really big, and you did this this cover that. It, well, I love when people do covers that are true to the original song, but also utterly different. It comes from my jazz background. So I grew up as a jazz pianist, and and when you you know jazz pianists are famous, or jazz musicians in general, I think are famous for like taking one element about the song, like the melody, and ditching everything else, the harmony, the tempo, the mm. pacing, the, you know, so, mm. so that's kind of what we did, is we took like the melody and the lyrics, threw everything else out, and just reimagined it from the ground up. Awesome. Well, let's listen to Dreams by Pomplamoose. By the way, we got a bunch more surprise questions this week, like, how do I get started as a small business owner when I don't have any funds to invest? What's a reasonable time frame to move on from relying on your employment income to relying on self-employment income? 
What are the biggest mistakes people make that prevent their small business from being profitable? Plus, we're going to discuss a few secret things that we're going to create just for our patrons and a million more other questions for Jack Conti. You ready? I'm ready. All right. We're going to do it here in a second. If you want to hear all that, join us on The Minimalist Private Podcast this week. Visit patreon.com slash The Minimalist to subscribe and get your personal link so that our private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. You can follow The Minimalist on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Minimalist. You can follow Jack at Jack Conti on Instagram, Twitter, at all. Yep. All right. Beautiful. That's the best place to follow him. Come to one of our live podcast shows. Those are starting up soon. Visit theminimalists.com slash tour to find a city near you. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. Comment on this episode, youtube.com slash theminimalists. And if you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at the minimalists.com you'll also receive any new minimalist writings for free and if you leave here today with just one message we hope it's this love people and use things because the opposite never works thanks for listening y'all we'll see you next time